0: The only way to evolve past fear and doubt is through action, through doing. The action helps you to sort of transmute your fear into courage.
1: Hi everyone! Thanks for tuning into Notes of Design to help support our mission spread knowledge. We have a very special guest in today's episode. Let's welcome Christine, who is the founder and creative director of Multi NYC, a multidisciplinary creative agency based in New York City, which specializes in campaigns, branding, art direction, graphic plus motion design, photography, brand films, and more for Fortune 500 companies and startups. After designing and leading teams at Nike and PepsiCo for ten years, Christine created Multi NYC to tell compelling visual stories and powerfully bring brand. To life, in order to build brand love and all from a diverse, global, and female-led perspective. Inspired to share wisdom gleaned from her entrepreneurial journey, Christine is in also process of writing and designing a small-format coffee table art book on topic of creativity, entrepreneurship, and mindfulness. In this episode, Christine shares her journey into creative entrepreneurship and what are the biggest challenges that she has faced as a creative entrepreneur and how did she overcome them. Later then, we spoke on how to balance work's creative and business part and what techniques that Christine used to maintain her commitment towards her artistic vision while establishing a prosperous business. Later then, we spoke on different ways to stay on top of industry trends and advancements and what strategies that Christine used to ensure her work remains relevant and innovative. In the end, we concluded the show by Christine take on creative entrepreneurship and the future of this industry in the upcoming years hope you enjoyed this episode and on every friday we release new episodes with different creative leaders from around the world to help you better understand different concepts related to design so don't forget to tune in into notes of design every friday with that being said happy designing everyone Hi, Christine. Welcome to Nodes of Design. It's a pleasure hosting you today on our show.
0: Thank you, Taj. Thank you for having me.
1: If you could give a brief about yourself to our audience out there.
0: Sure. I am a designer and creative director living and working in New York City. I founded a creative agency called Multi NYC about five years ago. And we are a multidisciplinary team of amazing thought leaders, designers, art directors, animators, photographers, you name it. We can do it. And my background prior to founding Multi includes Nike and Pepsi. um, And I've had a really phenomenal design journey
1: to date. That's wonderful, Christine. So what was your journey into design and how did you start? And what are your tips for beginners on beginning their journey into creative entrepreneurship?
0: Sure. So I'm going to start way from the beginning because I think that will be relevant for your listeners I actually grew up in a very, very small town in rural Ohio, a town of only 3,000 people, if you can imagine that. So I did not really have access to the arts or culture by any stretch. I'm the youngest of four in my family, and my family is comprised of doctors, lawyers, teachers, et cetera. So, you know, I did not really grow up in an artistic family or an environment. But growing up, I always loved art class. I really enjoyed the process of bringing something to life that did not previously exist. And I was sort of a do-gooder type straight-A student and also grew up running and playing basketball. So I really enjoyed that within creative pursuits, including both visual arts and writing, I also quite enjoy writing There's not a right or wrong answer. The creative process is much more of an exploration and it's much more fluid. And I think I found that to be a very refreshing antidote to these very sort of quantifiable pursuits like running track and getting good grades. So, you know, I found the process and results of creating something to be incredibly satisfying And I guess I just sort of took that and ran with it. So, you know, I don't really know where my interest in the arts came from. It's sort of like I just was struck with a wand and said, you know, be inspired and be curious. I just kind of gravitated toward that. So, you know, meanwhile, I very much enjoyed things like math and algebra and analytical left brain type pursuits. So without necessarily a keen understanding of what graphic design is, I thought a field like graphic design or perhaps architecture would be a good fit for combining my left brain and right brain interests and strengths. So, um, you know, when it came to applying to universities post high school, Uh, I ended up choosing to attend the University of Michigan School of Art and Design. I wanted to go to a university versus an art school because I wanted the opportunity to sort of try out this graphic design thing. Um, You know, back back then, uh, we didn't have social media. We didn't have a lot of the access that young people have today to kind of educate about these different fields. Um, So it was sort of a hypothesis of, okay, I think I might like this thing, but let me go try it. Uh, but consequently, I felt that having sort of a liberal arts education to explore and supplement that was sort of a good fallback, if you will. So the university I went to had a very multidisciplinary approach to art and design. For the first two years, we were required to take a, a quite a rigorous um, spectrum of media. So the first two years of university I had to take drawing classes, painting classes, printmaking classes, fibers classes even, in addition to some, you know, more technologically savvy media classes. We, we also had this series of conceptual thinking courses that were media agnostic that were quite interesting and really taught you how to think and how to work through creative problem solving, you know, do kind of weird conceptual art school type projects. Um, And then on the back half of that education, I was able to focus more heavily on graphic design, and I also focused on video courses as well. So that allowed me to create more focus within this very multidisciplinary educational platform. Um, And I think that's interesting to note because this program was a bit unconventional, and it left a lot of students feeling that they were perhaps generalists and not specialists or experts. But for me, it allowed me to really explore and craft my own creative path. And, you know, as I said, I didn't grow up with a lot of access to the arts. So this was a great opportunity to fully explore the spectrum of what the art world has to offer. And it ended up being um, a proof point that graphic design was a great fit for me. I really enjoyed it. And I continued to pursue that as a career. So following university, I landed a postgraduate internship at Nike. I had never been to Oregon or or hardly out west, so I packed my bags for a three-month internship and ended up landing a full-time position and staying at the company for the next eight years. I had a series of roles throughout that time, which ranged from global footwear design, where we created the color graphic and material palettes for all footwear categories, then to designing t-shirt graphics and apparel graphic packs. And then I transitioned from product creation over to brand design, where I worked within Nike basketball, creating campaigns for LeBron James and Kobe Bryant, you know, uh, global brand initiatives where I worked on campaigns for the 2016 Rio Olympics and worked on really high profile events, product launches and innovation summits. So I can't stress enough how important those eight years at Nike were for setting my career into motion. I really learned how to craft a powerful story. I learned the importance of singularity and singular storytelling. This sort of maxim of editing to amplify is something we said a lot at Nike. I learned how to sell my designs and to really have conviction for my ideas. That was very important to um, kind of excelling at the company. And finally, I, I learned how to sort of hold my own at a company where, you know, there's a lot of high powered men, a lot of masculine energy. And, um, you know, I really had to, had to just, you know, keep up and, and fight the good fight there. So, um, I can't stress enough how, uh, important. Nike was to my career in the way that I think. So following Nike, I moved to New York City to lead design for Mountain Dew and Aquafina brands at the PepsiCo Design and Innovation Center. My experience at Pepsi was um, a great antidote to my experience at Nike, where um, you know, I got to flux a very different design and storytelling muscle as CPG and beverages quite different from footwear and athletes, for example, and my experience at Pepsi really taught me how to be a creative leader and to fight for design. It was a really amazing experience in addition to my corporate experience at Nike. And to, to loop it all back to, to present day in 2018, I took a bit of a 180 and founded a boutique creative agency, multi NYC, And that was a beautiful transition into creative entrepreneurship because I was able to take all of these awesome tools and expert knowledge from these giant, amazing marketing companies like Nike and Pepsi and apply that to a myriad of other brands, both big Fortune 500s and startups alike. But it also required me to be a beginner again and to sort of check my ego and be a student of entrepreneurship. So I'm going to look this all back to... Your original question, Tej, um, what would I recommend to young people starting out their careers and pursuing creative entrepreneurship? Well, I would recommend that people starting their creative careers gain some very significant professional experience and spend time learning from others, being the student, if you will, before starting an agency or launching into a creative entrepreneurship. The 10 years that I spent at Nike and Pepsi provided a really powerful foundation for design that for me was absolutely 100% critical. I had to, you know, sort of put in my 10,000 hours and learn from mentors and incredible talent around me and work with cross-functional teams and matrix environments to become an expert in my field. And I was also able to build a really phenomenal network all the while. So I absolutely would not be where I am today or be the sort of creative entrepreneur that I am without those foundational experiences. And, you know, I know that the design world is very different than it was 10, 15 years ago. I know that it's sort of the the hot thing and, and the buzzy thing to do to sort of be this entrepreneur and everybody wants to be somebody and and create their own brand and whatnot. But I really encourage young people to play the long game and to sort of reject instant gratification, to be humble, to learn your craft and to be an amazing
1: student before trying to be the teacher or the expert. Thank you so much, Christine. It was a beautiful journey and thanks for those wonderful tips. So what are some of the biggest challenges you have faced as a creative one and how have you overcome them?
0: I've faced many a challenge uh, since becoming a creative entrepreneur, Uh, all very beautiful challenges. The first, I would say, is fear and doubt. That was particularly challenging as I navigated the transition from corporate world to entrepreneurship and clearly throughout the first year or so. Of my business. I had a lot of confidence in my design skills and vision and my background and experience gave a lot of credibility to myself and multi NYC. But I was stepping into a very new and vulnerable territory and a very different path than the corporate world. So I had fear of failure. I had fear of how the studio would be received by the design community. I feared whether I could land clients in business. I experienced doubts of my own abilities and the way that I overcame these fears was simply by building a body of work that I'm really proud of you know the only way to evolve past fear and doubt is through action through doing the action helps you to sort of transmute your fear into courage so the more that I took action in the face of fear the more that my fear started to dissipate and the more that I built a body of work that I was proud of that that fear just kind of slowly trickled Off of my shoulders. Um, So, you know, building trust in myself that I can do hard things is critical to forward propulsion. And the work that I've created is visual proof that I can leave many of these fears behind and the sky's the limit now. Secondly, uncertainty. And uh, again, this was particularly present when I first started my company, but it definitely still remains. There's still a sense of lingering uncertainty because you you never really know how much business you'll bring in year over year. Um, So there's certainly a sense of sort of financial uncertainty at times, uh, at least compared to a salaried job in which you know know exactly how much you will be compensated each month. And the way that I've navigated that challenge is to, one, just accept that uncertainty is a fact of life. Uh, No matter what your pursuits are, there's always going to be some level of uncertainty. So just... Acceptance and surrender to that notion has been key. And secondly, trusting the process and investing in the daily habits that create outcomes, i.e., focusing on what I can control versus what I cannot. And uh, thirdly, actually embracing the uncertainty. Like we're just one conversation away from our dream project, and our success really has no ceiling. So that's exciting. The third is juggling many hats and roles. So We're a very small team uh, and I operate as not only a creative director and designer, but also a salesperson, a business development director, a project manager, a social media person, a a podcast guest, you name it. Um, And I overcame that by making sure I have a solid work-life balance that I take breaks. I take weekends off mostly. Um, I exercise, I meditate, I do yoga, I sleep, I eat well, all these things have a tremendous impact on my emotional well-being and ability to manage stress. So I have to stay balanced and whole in order to show up as my best creative self, to stay inspired, to be an effective leader, uh, to not get burnt out, and to maximize both my productivity and joy. You know, as you can see, Tej, the biggest challenges have all been sort of mindset-oriented the actual design work is the fun part. And that's the part that comes naturally to me, right? That's the part that lights me up. That's what really gets me going. Um, but cultivating the right mindset is both the most challenging and also arguably the most important aspect of running my own business. In fact, I'm actually in the process of writing and designing a sm- sort of small format, fun coffee table type book on topics of creativity, entrepreneurship and mindfulness. So, you know, in short, it's been a really beautiful journey. I I really appreciate all these challenges that have come my way. And it's proven to be a path for tremendous growth. And I hope with this book that I can kind of share these tools and these elements of growth with other creatives and other creative
1: entrepreneurs. Thank you, Christine. So how do you balance your work's creative and business parts? And what techniques do you employ to maintain your commitment towards your artistic vision while establishing a prosperous business?
0: Sure, this is a fantastic question, Tej, especially coming off the heels of the previous point. Um, I think one is to have support in a team around you. And that's not only my working team within multi-MYC, but it's also having external support via friends, partners, family, et cetera, and just feeling like you're supported and feeling like everyone's rooting for you. You know, I think that's a a really important um, kind of element to uh, maintaining that balance that I spoke of, kind of being able to continually commit to the artistic vision. I did start as a solopreneur, so that's been a process to sort of build a team around me. Um, and our business model is a bit unconventional in that we curate and hire freelancers for every project. So we have a very small permanent team within Multi-NYC And we sort of curate the perfect team for every job and every project. So building a team that I can trust for every project is key to allowing me to maintain balance in my creative and business life. I do have a fantastic number two in our senior art director, Catherine Lewandowski. And she's been an amazing art director and design partner and allows me to flex more fluidly between creative direction and chasing new business and managing the spreadsheet, et cetera. So building a team is is critical to uh, success. I like to be very involved in the creative process. So I'm always sort of at the helm of the concept and idea stage. And I sometimes get in the weeds to design, but more often I am spending my time setting the vision and working with our designers to execute that vision. So that allows me to, um, be very creative while not necessarily moving the pixels around, uh, if that makes sense. And, um, we like to keep our project lists quite tight. So, you know, so I can be involved in that process and, um, I don't want to be in a position where I'm too removed from the work. I have no desire to become a sort of quote unquote design factory. Um, I, I, I definitely believe in quality over quantity. So keeping our project list tight helps me to kind of stay fresh creatively and, and stay invigorated and inspired. Um, at times, it also takes discipline to make sure I continue to, you know, get in the weeds and do the design. And that's something that I listed on my personal goals for the year um, because I am spread so thin and being pulled in a lot of different directions. I have to make sure that. I kind of stay disciplined and committed to my craft. You know, it's sort of one of those things where you have to to use it or you lose it. And I don't want to be in a position where I'm becoming too removed from the creative process. So I want to keep my design and ideation skills sharp while also empowering my team to execute. And it's certainly a balance overall.
1: So Christine, with distributed teams, how do you stay on top of industry trends and advancements? And what strategies do you use to ensure your work remains relevant and innovative?
0: I think there are two sides to this coin, in my opinion. On one side, I am always up to speed on design trends. I'm always saving and bookmarking from Instagram and Pinterest and LinkedIn. I'm an art lover. I'm a fashion lover. So I'm always consuming art and fashion content, going to see exhibits and absorbing the world around me. I just got back from Art Week in Mexico City. So travel and generally being curious about the world is really important to stay inspired and innovative. I'm also keen to jump more into the world of AI and use that as a tool for creative development. You know, that's something that obviously is, is quite on trend and it's a quite a pivotal turning point for the world of design, I think. And it'll be really interesting to see how that affects our industry moving forward. So I think we have an opportunity to within my team to to leverage AI much more heavily, more so as a tool for creative development, not necessarily for the end result, but to use it as a tool for ideation and uh, concept development. Our business model also allows us to stay fresh and creatively nimble. As I mentioned earlier, we custom curate a stellar team for every project. So we collaborate with, let's say, 3D artists in Taiwan and copywriters in Portland and film directors in South Africa, you know, amazing talent from all over the world. So that allows us to stay really creatively fresh, stylistically fresh. And uh, just the the sheer act of such a radical collaboration keeps me very inspired and uh, on top of trends. On the other side of the coin touch is this notion of sort of transcending trends, right? we are brand builders and we want brands to be authentic and timeless visual expressions of their core dna and we also want to carve out within multi mic our own authentic voice as well which is not contingent on trends right we want to sort of carve out our own story that's authentic to us so i think we've done that we sort of have um kind of a bold and breakthrough somewhat playful aesthetic that we've cultivated that, um, you know, is not necessarily contingent on, on trends. I hope it's something that can be timeless and that we can sort of stick to our authentic voice through time. So I think, so I think in summary, touch it's the balance of really being aware of what's going on in the world and looking at high art, high fashion, which always trickles down to the masses and also being authentic
1: and true to the stories that we want to tell. Thank you so much, Christine. So what are some of your most significant achievements or milestones you have made as a creative entrepreneur so that our listeners can get inspired and how do you define success in your work?
0: Wonderful question, Tej. Um, You know, when I first started my company in 2018, we were quite scrappy. We took on clients that were up and coming and new startups. And since then, we've really graduated to take on bigger and better clients and bigger and better projects. And that's been one of my continual goals as we've grown and sort of matured over the past five years or so. Uh, that we always want to just raise the bar. We always want to do b- bigger, better, more impactful projects and. I've been keen to take on less projects and bigger and better projects so that we can really create best in class work and narrow our focus you know how do i define success it's success is something that's ever changing in my mind and my transition from the corporate world to creative entrepreneurship has really offered a different perspective in what success means to me it's something that i'm constantly exploring and my definition of success is ever changing I think that my old definition of success was much more conventional. It was about climbing the ladder. It was about job titles. It was about, you know, of course, creating stellar work, but it was a little bit more superficial, uh, I have to admit. But since starting my company, I've really looked inward and analyzed and investigated what success means to me. And I think that... The relationships that I'm building are paramount. The, some of the the challenges that I've overcome that I mentioned earlier, that's success to me, you know, overcoming those demons or doing things that I never thought I could previously. That's success. Success is failing sometimes, you know, and, and learning how to fail and learning how to fail gracefully and picking yourself back up and and getting back on the train and keeping it moving. So to me, the definition of success has changed dramatically and it continues to
1: change as I grow and evolve. Thank you so much, Christine. That was indeed a wonderful definition for success in the field of creative entrepreneurship. So Christine, what do you see as the future of creative entrepreneurship and how do you think the industry will evolve over the upcoming years?
0: Oh, good question. Well, the freelance economy and freelance revolution is certainly booming. COVID, as we all know, fundamentally changed how we work and, you know, geography is no longer a barrier to collaboration. So I think there will be more and more creative entrepreneurs uh, as COVID sort of removed a lot of these barriers. And I think that the creative community will continue to accelerate collaboration across boundaries and disciplines. I think that we're going to also see a continual split between sort of generalists or the idea makers and specialists or the sort of craftspeople, you know, specialists are getting really good at their craft, like 3D, for instance, and generalists on the other side, are sort of the, the thought leaders or idea makers are going to become more and more important to driving big ideas, particularly as some of these crafts will undoubtedly eventually be automated, right? So. I think uh, I think we're at a really interesting time with creativity as a lot of the the craftsmanship is getting automated that the ideas and the concepts behind the work are so important so learning how to think learning how to craft ideas hopefully that will never be automated hopefully collaboration across disciplines will never be automated so i think those are the things that we really need to double down on and people who specialize in specific crafts i think need to find their own authentic voice that can sort of save them from uh sort of being
1: automated thank you so much christine for sharing all this wonderful insight with us Could you please share with us how does your day look like, any interesting stories?
0: Oh, very good question. I think I will tell you a bit more about my week because every day is quite different. Every week is quite different. So this week, for example, was dominated by client deadlines, finalizing design, preparing presentations. We had a couple late nights this week and our client meeting went quite well. So that was great. And I also had some new potential client meet and greets. I submitted a new project proposal to a client and you know, always just managing some admin stuff, some not sexy stuff along the way. Last week, I was actually working remotely from Mexico City, juggling client projects while also meeting with some local photographers and artists and also going to see art and architecture when I had time. So, you know, we take advantage of remote working and get out into the world and travel. My team is fully remote, so it keeps things dynamic, keeps us on our toes.
1: And every week is quite different. I love the variety. That's wonderful, Christine. So we'll conclude the show by your three favorite book recommendations and also people who inspire you the most in this piece.
0: Favorite books? I have lots of them. Okay, I'm obsessed with Eckhart Tolle. Uh, A New Earth and Power of Now are books that... I think every human must read, you know, it's sort of tangential, but related to the design space. Um, it's just a very human uh, body of work and school of thought. I started reading Eckhart as I was making the big life transition from corporate world to creative entrepreneurship. So certainly for entrepreneurs, his thought leadership is life-changing, to be honest, <laughs> So they're more life philosophical type books, tangential to design, but there are also some very applicable chapters to design in the creative process and sort of how our egos relate to our creative work. So Eckhart Tolle, definitely huge. Every human should read him. Specific to creativity, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Uh, That's something that I think should be on every creative person's bookshelf. He talks a lot about Things like resistance and the inner creative battles that we experience throughout the creative process. And um, I think it's just, it's very relatable and very human. So, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield is great. And the third is Paul Arden's book, It's Not How Good You Are, It's How Good You Want to Be. Uh, Paul Arden comes from the advertising world. And this book is sort of a small format, well-designed, highly visual book. It's just a nice kind of small package. I think that every design professional should have this book on his or her bookshelf. It's actually a huge inspiration point to the book that I'm currently working on. And yeah, it's, it's just a really fun, fun book with a lot of really fun creative principles. Oh, and three people that inspired me. Okay. So uh, the first one that comes to mind is Jessica Walsh. Um, Probably a lot of listeners are familiar with her. She's a tremendous force in the design world. I've been sort of tracking her career and work from her partnership with Stefan Sagmeister to founding her own studio in Walsh. And I just think her work is so cutting edge, very inspiring. I think that she's just so fearless. And is really paving the way for a lot of female creatives. So Jessica Walsh is amazing, hugely inspiring. Let's see. Okay, don't laugh, but Taylor Swift. <laughs> and hear me out. So this is it in a sort of a fangirl Swifty way. This is um, in a way that's very, um, I think, inspiring from a professional lens. For one, she brings so much emotion and soul to her storytelling. And... The way that she packages up her stories are very cohesive. I think that although it's a different medium, we as visual artists can take a lot of cues from the sonic stories that she tells. Um, And she's just so good at her craft that for one is just very inspiring. But what also inspires me about T-Swift is she and her team are branding and marketing geniuses. So um, as I said, the way that they package an album the way that they launch that into the world the cohesion and cadence with which she launches her albums and includes easter eggs and surprises are very inspiring and something that i think all creatives or advertisers or marketers can learn from um i believe there's a harvard business school class on on taylor swift and there's a reason why right um it's the combination of art, craft, storytelling, and marketing. Uh, thirdly, so I guess we're on this sort of track of inspirational females. So for the third, you know, to be honest with you, Tedge, the people that inspire me most in my life are people that are close to me. They're not some you know big famous figureheads. They're my everyday family, friends, partners that have an impact in my life. So for the third, I'm going to say all the awesome women in my life. I'm inspired by my mom's positivity, by my sister's work ethic, by my friend Amanda's design chops and her pure heart. I'm I'm inspired by a couple of former female leaders that I had at Nike. One is Katie Tisch and the other one is Julia Garashi. Um, I'm inspired by by my friend Kathy's ambition and my employee, Catherine's design skills. I'm inspired by my friend Susie's commitment to running. I'm inspired by my friend Svetlana's curiosity. So, you know, in summary, I'm really inspired by all of these amazing people that are close to me. And I pay attention to all these um, sometimes subtle and sometimes large inspiration points that inspire me to be and do better to be more curious to be a better creative person to be a better friend and to be a better
1: human thank you so much christine for sharing all these wonderful recommendations with us we are looking forward to host you again in our upcoming episodes thank you so much for your time
0: thank you very much Tudge. it's been a pleasure